Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Today we start a brand new book of the Bible in our read-through for this year. We are now spending the next few days in the book of Hebrews. Today, considering Hebrews 1, 2, and 3. A great, great New Testament book that I know will be a great encouragement to you as it points us to Christ and the superiority of Christ over and above all things. So let's get to it. Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, five observations. Number one, Jesus upholds the universe by his power. Uh, I love when the Bible reminds us of this because it doesn't take very long to see things that makes you wonder um, you know, who is really in control and how are things going to get resolved. And yet we remind ourselves of the truth that in spite of sin and the rebellion of the world, the Lord upholds all things and he upholds the universe by his power. That's exactly what verse 3 says. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. The same God who spoke the universe into existence is the same God who by his word upholds all things. Number two, Jesus sat down in glory because his work in atonement was completed. It says he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's significant because in the, in the Old Testament, uh, the priest never could sit down. The, the work was never finished. Uh, there, there's no chair for the priest to sit down in because that work of, of sacrifice is repeated over and over and over again because there is no sacrifice in the Old Testament that is perfect and complete. Yet when Christ offers himself up, uh, as our sacrifice for sin, uh, as our high priest, he sits down. Why? Because the sacrifice was perfect and complete. Number three, uh, and close related to that, we observe this, that Christ was our propitiation. Christ was our propitiation. Uh, that's an important word to understand uh, theologically. Uh, it's important that it, we, in chapter 2, verse 17, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Propitiation means to satisfy the wrath of God. Um, when Christ died on our behalf, he is satisfying the wrath of God as a payment for our sin. Remember, um, God is more holy than we know. Our sin is more ugly than we realize. And because of that, God's wrath rightly and justly must be uh, poured out upon our sin. The good news is that the sacrifice of Christ was so perfect, so complete, so final, once for all, that he has become our propitiation. God's wrath is perfectly satisfied um, as in Christ, as a believer, your sins have been completely paid for. Complete and full atonement. Number four, Jesus is greater than the angels and greater than Moses. This is the theme of the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is greater than all. Um, as, as great as the holy angels are, uh, as privileged as the holy angels are, Jesus is better. As powerful as Moses' life was, 
as strongly as the Lord used Moses to, to lead his people uh, into freedom through the Exodus, Jesus is better. So just think for a minute, if anything in your life, any person in your life that you tend, tend to give your devotion or adoration to more than Jesus, uh, you're settling in your life. Uh, because Christ is better than all. Christ is greater than all. And the, the writer of Hebrews makes that very clear, that even the Old Testament heroes of the faith and even the angelic beings themselves, um, blessed as they are, Christ is better. Christ is greater. Number four, we observe this. Jesus is greater. I'm sorry, number, uh, number five. Number five, we observe this. Unbelief leads to spiritual judgment and condemnation. At the end of chapter 3, verse 19, it says, So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Unbelief leads to spiritual judgment and condemnation. So we'll talk here in just a minute in our application uh, about what we do with that. But just know uh, that, that, that unbelief is, is the issue here. Uh, make sure your heart today is trusting and believing in the Lord. So five applications from our reading. Number one, my Savior rules forever, so I am safe forever. Because the, the Lord Jesus rules uh, forever, the Scripture tells us. Chapter 1, verse 8, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Because that's true, and we are covered by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, so He rules forever, He's covered our sin forever, so our application is we are safe forever. We are safe forever. That's how complete and perfect the sacrifice of Jesus was. So our application is we rest in that. Find your rest in the perfect atonement and completeness of the sacrifice of Jesus. Number two, <clears throat> this is the opposite of that. There is no hope outside of the salvation offered by Jesus. So as great as it is to know that if you are in Christ, you are safe forever, it's also true in chapter 2, verse 3, that there is no escape if you neglect so great a salvation. So we want to make sure for our own life that we are trusting in the Lord, because there is no other way, and we want to make sure that we are sharing the gospel, because for others in our life, there is no other way for them either. So here's the good news. Those who are Christ are safe forever. Here's the bad news. If you neglect so great a salvation, there is no hope. A third application. The Lord helps me when I am tempted. The Lord helps me when I am tempted. Uh, we see that in chapter 2, verse 18. For because he himself suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So the Lord helps us when we're tempted. And we see, um, for example, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So the Lord helps us when we're tempted. So when we're tempted, we look to Christ. When we're tempted, we, we rest in his promise. We've got to train our hearts and our minds to think of Jesus when we're tempted. Don't think of the short-term satisfaction. Uh, don't think of the short-term uh, alleviation of pain and suffering 
that leads us to be tempted to, to do something we shouldn't do. Instead, look to Christ. Consider the greatness of the Lord. He's providing a way of escape when tempted, and He helps those who are tempted. So we look to Him and rest in Him. A fourth application. We must call each other to believe and obey. Chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We want to call each other to a place of repentance and to a place of belief. We should be often um, striving in grace to lead each other to a place of, of repentance in grace to lead each other to make sure that we are trusting in the Lord. Um, I, I believe with all of my heart in the security of the believer. I believe in all of my heart that one is truly converted, will absolutely persevere to the end. No doubt about that at all. But the greatest evidence that you are truly a believer is that you are trusting and resting in the Lord, loving the Lord today. So, if I see someone that is just habitually in a lifestyle of sin and rebellion, if they say to me, oh, don't, don't worry about it, I'm fine, I got saved 15 years ago. Well, what I want to call them to do today is trust in the Lord, not because I think you can be truly saved and lose your salvation. I don't think that's possible. But what I do think is that the greatest evidence that you're truly converted is that you are obeying the Lord today. And so, what I want to do with somebody is not try to get them to doubt their salvation, not try to get them to, to live in constant fear of that. But what I do want to do is exhort each my friends, my family, the church, those around us, to make sure, are you loving Jesus today? Yes, we still sin, and the good news of 1 John is when we sin, we have an advocate. We have one who, who continues to, to forgive us, not unto salvation, but for that closeness of relationship with the Lord. Um, and again, he's our propitiation. If we're in Christ, if we're truly converted, uh, our sin is covered once for all time. So this isn't about um, living in a state of doubting your salvation or fearing you've lost your salvation. But what it is about is knowing there are many people uh, who are not truly converted. There are many religious people who do not truly love Jesus. And so what we want to do is help each other today. Uh, to make sure we're at a place of belief and obedience. Now, here's the good news. If somebody calls you and confronts you in your sin with love and, and with grace, calls you into accountability, if you're truly a believer, then your response is to flee to Christ and to run to Jesus and to, to ask for forgiveness of that sin and to thank Him that He holds you even when uh, we mess up. Uh, a believer responds to um, conviction by clinging to Christ and being thankful for our salvation. If somebody runs away from being confronted in their sin, that's probably evidence they were never truly converted. So, what do we do as the church? We call each other to obedience. We call each other to righteousness. We call each other to live a life of holiness. And those who are in Christ will desire that and long for that. And if you harden your heart to that, uh, then that, that gives evidence that, that you don't know the Lord and then a fifth application, Christ is worthy of total devotion because I exist for him. Chapter 2, verse 10, it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist. All things exist for him. And because I exist for him, then it makes sense that he is worthy of my total devotion. So I want to live a life 
totally and completely devoted to Christ and call others to do the same. And then our summary from, we're back to the Psalms now. And so we go back to Psalm 24, summary of Psalm 24. All things are held by the Lord, who is the King of glory and mighty in power. Psalm 24 is a great complement to Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, as it all serves to get our eyes off of ourselves, off of the world, and onto the Lord, who is greater than all things, upholds all things, and is mighty in power. We rest today in a perfect salvation by a perfect sacrifice, trusting in a God who rules for all time. His wrath has been satisfied against your sin if you're a believer. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yet, we want to confess our sin and walk in holiness and call each other to do the same. All right, Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, you're going to enjoy this book these next several days, and I hope it's a blessing to you.